the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Corner Office CEO and the Blue Collar Worker. This is the Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Ukrainian forces are fighting to hold off a Russian advance in their country south and east. That's where the Kremlin is seeking to capture the industrial Donbass region in Melitopov. Ivan Fedorov, the mayor there, says Putin was unsuccessful in gaining support in that city, so now he's blocking it off. He fully, totally closed our city, blocked our city. We can't deliver humanitarian aid, we can't deliver pharmacy, we can't deliver food for emergency services. Meanwhile, the U.N. has tried to broker an evacuation of civilians from what is left of the southern city of Mariupol. Thousands of firefighters are battling destructive blazes in the southwest over the weekend. More residents preparing to evacuate into the weekend in northern New Mexico. The biggest fire in the U.S. grew Friday east of Santa Fe to more than 117 square miles. This is SRN News. Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted on the job each year, leading to injuries and death. This is the reality they deal with when making contact with the public. Another reality is that if someone doesn't comply with a lawful order or uses force against them, police may have to use sufficient force in response to obtain compliance. Use of force is always ugly. Nobody likes it, especially police. And nobody knows how it will turn out. Spread the word. For de-escalation to work, both parties must de-escalate. And de-escalation isn't necessary if there is no escalation. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer. Whether it's getting asked a question, getting a citation, or getting arrested, don't argue, don't resist, don't flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now, complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit nationalpolice.org. Got inflation? Not at PJ's Appliance Outlet. Every day your dollar will buy 40 to 70% more at PJ's Appliance. Hi, this is PJ. We take great pride in separating ourselves from those overpriced big box stores. How? By simply providing over-the-top customer service and great quality products at unbeatable prices. PJ's Appliance Outlet has quickly become the trusted go-to store for brand new scratch and dent appliances. You'll save hundreds, even thousands of dollars on brand new name brand refrigerators, ovens, washers and dryers and dishwashers from trusted brands like LG, Electrolux, Whirlpool, Frigidaire and many more. We're also the exclusive dealer for the Ilve handmade Italian stoves that you see on the DIY TV shows. Don't pay inflated prices for name brand appliances. Take the short drive to save big, big dollars at PJ's Appliance Outlet. Visit our easy-to-get-to Plymouth showroom today or find us online at pjsapplianceoutlet.com. That's pjsapplianceoutlet.com, where every deal is a steal. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. Is it his time? Yes! 
Where's your hat? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Welcome back, King Ben. You share the biz 1440. I just posted a quick uh, slide uh, of uh, what's going on at um, of at uh, Buffett Palooza down in Omaha, the uh, Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting. Um, I do this like I've been doing this for ten years now, telling the station. You know what you guys need to do? Find me a sponsor so I can go down and wear a press credential and walk around the floor and maybe even get into the meeting. Um, I would love to broadcast from Omaha. That would be just a blast. Just one time, okay? It's one thing I could check off the bucket list, actually. Um, And, you know, these guys are combined 198 years old, so uh, clock's running, guys. Uh, There's a picture of uh, Charlie uh, Charlie Munger, um, uh, who is, uh, is, I think think his title is... uh, 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 president or chief operating officer or something like that i I don't remember what his title is but he's always at buffett's side and that guy loves himself some uh, peanut brittle so like within two minutes of the thing starting he's already got a piece in his mouth it's just hilarious um anyway 651-289-4477 we're here for you we're we're here in the rain and um and uh, kind of not very not very pleasant out here right now i'm just looking to see what the temperature is um right at the moment and i i want to say it's probably about uh yeah it's 49 about 50 degrees out and uh the rain's gonna just keep falling hopefully it wanders off here in the next in the next couple hours my my hope is yeah maybe it will maybe i'll maybe i'll go try to swing a club and see if that rib's gonna bug me too much today anyway 651-289-4477 we spent the last hour Doing some basics on on this piece. Uh, let me repeat what I said at the start. There is you if you think about the way in which a GDP number is constructed, you don't come to the conclusion that this report signals stagflation. You come to the conclusion instead that this signals a still strong consumer facing a world in which there there are periodic disruptions to production um, domestically from Omicron back in January and early February internationally with the lockdowns in Shanghai and I don't know I'm reading things that indicate they might be spreading to other parts of the country perhaps even to Beijing which matters to the Chinese government more than it matters to the United States because Beijing is not a huge source of exports to the U.S. Shanghai is. Uh, all of all of the southeast, the free economic zone in the southeast of China, it, it matters to us greatly, and I expect there to be negative numbers coming in. Uh, indeed, let me uh, let me go and read read this to you. There's lots of stuff that uh, part of my weekly. Uh, uh, Show prep is uh, the book report from Peter Bookvar and his 
his summary, which he puts he he doesn't hide it behind the paywall. You actually can read that even without without paying him. It's a public service, and I think that's that's lovely of him. I'm going to just tick off three things or four items. All the purchasing manager in, indices for April are beginning to show up are, are showing up now. And he lists, and, and I'm just going to read from Peter's report. Nine, the April Chicago manufacturing PMI fell to 56.4 from 62.9. The estimate, the expectation, was 62. Ten, the Dallas manufacturing April index fell to 1.1 from 8.7. The forecast was 5.0. The six-month outlook fell to the weakest since May of 2020. Eleven, the Richmond manufacturing index six-month outlook for local conditions went negative. Only the third time in this history. In this survey's history, it's gone below zero. Twelve, the Kansas City Manufacturing Index declined to 25 from 37. The estimate was 35. The six-month outlook fell six points month-to-month to 34, still above 26 print seen in December. Now, there were positive PMIs as well. Uh, there, okay. Uh, and like the, Richmond's, the Richmond Index for April was up one one point month over month of 14, five points above the estimate. And then core durable goods, a pretty important number reported out uh, this past week for March, 1% month over month, double the estimate in, in February, little change. So the April PMIs are a concern for me, and they may, may be a sign that some of that impact from China is is ha- is, uh, is being picked up by manufacturers who are going, when am I going to get my inputs? When am I going to be able to produce produce more? That could still be a significant factor. But core durable goods in March were up. I think some of that was was catching up to production that they had had to delay because they had they had workers that had to quarantine for a week or ten day a week to ten days, and so they they had less production in January and February. March comes, they had to come back and do it. And again, as I pointed out, a lot of that stuff was in part, if you believe that Omicron was a, was a reason for that decline, one place it has to show up is in the inventory number. Another place it has to show up is in the use of imports to substitute for domestic production while the consumer is continuing to spend money. I think that that explanation is still persuasive to me. So if I go, let me let me go ahead and play one more. This is one more cut. In the end of the last hour, we played some of Ken Rogoff, now a professor at Harvard, former chief economist at the IMF. Um, he is a um, he he is the co-author of this time is different uh, with the history of uh, government debt, uh, along with Carmen Reinhart, which I. Which is a book that had, unfortunately, a really significant data problem, but I think the general conclusions of it fit at least what I think. And I'm actually don't nothing in the nothing in the correcting of the data that was in the book caused me to change my mind about its general conclusions. Maybe maybe the size of the in, the size of the impact of excessive debt may be a little bit overstated in in the original. But I think there's still significant support for that. Let me play this last cut. This was Ken Rogoff on Mornings with Maria on Fox Business, 
on Thursday, I believe, cut number three. I think the chances are at least 50-50 that we'll see a recession over the next year. What I feel really worry about is I don't see how the Fed will both bring inflation down to, say, two and a half and three percent and not have a massive recession. I think to do that, they'd have to hike rates, you know, four or five percent at least. And over the next year and a half, I don't think they're going to do that. I suspect we're going to end up with still high inflation and, you know, maybe even still a recession. And that is what stagflation is. So everyone says that, says, oh, stagflation's coming, stagflation's coming. And some of that comes from, well, the Fed's going to hike rates to 45 to 5%, and that, that's going to cause a recession. Yes, it would. But if they hike rates to 45 to 5%, will we, still have, will we still have 3 to 4% inflation? It would seem unlikely, because then you would actually have the rate where it, you would have the rate at a point where it actually is tightening monetary policy. Um, and that, that, would be, that would be a very important thing for us to see. It's not there yet. It hasn't gotten there yet. And right now, the Fed's not forecasting it's going to that level. Um, and indeed, if I go, if I go and I'm going I'm to try to, I'm going to try to, uh, Pull this, pull this tool up while I'm looking for you. My, my usual uh, Chicago Mercantile Exchange tool on where do we think rates are going to be. So if I go out all the way to February of 2023, the expectation, the modal expectation, is for, uh, is for a rate between three and three and a quarter in the first quarter of, in the in, in February of 2023, with a little bit of of skew to the downside on that. Okay, nobody is at even three and a half for that meeting. If I go all the way out to the latest place I've got information on, which is July of 23, the numbers are all over the place. There's a little skew to the upside, but the modal number is at three and a quarter to three and a half. There's only, the markets are currently not expecting a rate around, around, even four percent, let alone four and a half to five. There's just nothing out there. And I cannot, for the life of me, imagine that this Federal Reserve is going is, is going is going to move us out that far. There's no, there is simply no expectation at this moment of a four and a, you know, people in the marketplace betting on that. I tend to think that. Academic economists like myself sometimes think they know more than Mr. Market does. And one thing I've learned in my 40 years of doing this job, and I'm, I'm about at 40 years between my last couple of years in grad school where I was already doing a lot of work in, in the, in, on inflation and on Fed policy back, back in the early 80s until now. In my 40 years... My experience is that the Fed, that when you argue with Mr. Market, you're probably going to lose. I think, the, I think the market has expected the Fed to move faster than, they, than, than the Fed really wanted to. And the Fed and, the, and, the, and, you know, Jay Powell and Mr. Market are having themselves a little tug of war right now. Jay Powell would like the market not to expect rates to go quite so high because if they expect them to go that high, 
Then the third mandate, the unwritten mandate of the Fed, is thou shalt not let thou shalt not let bear markets happen, um, is likely to come to pass. You you would end up with a legitimate bear market if the if the entire market thought, well, the Fed funds rate is going to be at four and a half percent by by mid by mid July twenty three. Can't see it. Don't believe it. Okay. Everyone kind of thinks that's what, you know, you've got folks like Ken Rogoff. I'll play, I'll play Larry Summers for you later in this hour. Muhammad Alarian. All, okay, I'm, I'm, do, I'm doing my favorite economist today on, on this point because I don't, because they're all kind of in that same place and I'm in a different spot right now. The spot I'm in is to say the market is in a tug of war thinking maybe the Fed wants to be stronger and the Fed is basically, with the exception of Jim Bullard, who we played on the show last week quite a bit, who I think, I think Bullard will go, would be willing to go to four and a half. I don't know that he's going to be able to pull the consensus of the FOMC and all the way out to where he is. And I think instead they're going to have a meet in the middle somewhere. And that meeting in the middle is likely to mean your inflation rate in 2024 is still going to be stubbornly near 3%. The unemployment rate will be in the fours, which, by the way, is probably a pretty good environment for a president to run for re-election. If you can't sell a 4% unemployment rate and a 3% inflation rate, you probably don't deserve to be president. Now, there are other reasons why you might think this president should be there, but if, you're, if it's just the judgment based on what happened to the economy, if it's just based on that, the current administration will have a pretty good will have a case to make that they've been good stewards of the economy and deserve to be renewed for another four years. But if you get in a recession, mm, that's not going to be good. And particularly a recession where you can't get the inflation rate down below 2%. And who the heck's really going to care about 2%, particularly if it turns out your 401k lost 25% in 2022? I can't see that happening. That's the base of my case. Don't agree with me? Call me, 651-289-4477. Would love to have a conversation with you about why you think the, the, the why you think that recession is going to happen. I don't buy it. I'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. I had a lady that was in her mid-70s, and I'd sold her timeshare, and that was the lowest I'd ever felt in my life. I knew then that I had to do something to simply not to go to hell for selling timeshare. Chuck McDowell founded Wesley Financial Group to help folks cancel their timeshares permanently. Called her and everybody that I had sold timeshare to, and I said, this is what I said to you that was a lie, and this is what you need to do to cancel your timeshare. From that point, people started referring friends to me to help them cancel the timeshare, and that's how it all started. I fought the world's largest timeshare company in federal court. If I had lost that lawsuit, there would be no one helping people that have been lied to when they bought timeshare. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare contract or you'll pay nothing. Call Wesley Financial Group now for a free information kit. 651-289-4477. 
800-786-9300. That's 800-786-9300. 800-786-9300. Public education has gone off the rails. It's the most important domestic issue facing America today. Critical race theory is dividing our children in ways that are unacceptable. They're teaching these kids X-rated sex acts. Our teachers are bullied. Parents are being shut out. Less than one-third of America's school children are proficient in anything. How do we empower parents to restore American values and get our public schools back on track? You cannot use racism to eradicate racism. Don't miss the powerful new movie, Whose Children Are They? Exposing the dark side of our public school system and how we can stop the overreaching liberal regime to take our schools back. Whose children are they? Available now at SalemNow.com. Whose children are they? Whose children are they? Whose children are they? Available now at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Cheryl of Ham Lake says, Our spring broke last night. We called after hours to maybe make an appointment for later in the week. They called back next morning and had us taken care of by 9.30 a.m. the next day. Experience Great Garage Door's same-day service at 763-767-3000. Some of your favorite pastors and authors are bringing you their most popular devotionals free. Discover the joy and peace you can experience every day when you spend focused time in God's Word. Sign up for daily devotionals from Crosswalk.com and get inspiration and encouragement sent right to your inbox with devotionals for parenting, singles, women, and more. Crosswalk.com provides spiritual growth for every stage of life. Crosswalk.com is a division of Salem Media Group. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. 651-289-4477. None of y'all want to call. Okay, that's fine. I'll just keep talking. I keep watching uh, Warren Buffett. By the way, it looks like what they've been doing a lot of is buying of uh, energy stocks. He's got a huge stake in uh, in Chevron. Just, I mean, just added a huge stake in Chevron. Uh, bought some Occidental uh, and other places. And all that buy has happened at the beginning of the uh, Ukraine war. Think about that. I, I, I find that in, I, I find that interesting. I'm going to spend. I'm not going to talk about it on the show today because I, I'm likely to say something dumb. So I'm just going to I'm just going to put that in my hat and think about it for a while. And if there's something good to say about that later, I will. But I don't have anything for you right at this moment. Anyway, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. Let's get back to this. Let's get back to this this discussion. I again am now looking at looking at that countdown to FOMC, and I just want to go back and, and review this with you. The market is slowly but surely trending toward higher expectations. So I'm looking at the most distant window I can find right now. This is the latest dated contract on on Fed funds, which is right now at July twenty sixth of twenty at the July twenty sixth of twenty twenty three meeting. In case anybody is is wondering what we're talking about here, what is a Fed funds future? It is a contract between two individuals that promises to deliver um, immediately available reserves from a bank to the holder of the future at a 
at some at some implied rate down the road okay so this is for about 15 months from now or excuse me 15 months eh, 14 months from now and no i was right the first time 15 15 months from now and if i look out there if i go back a month ago and said what was the expectation then um i'm going to ignore the tails and just give you the four biggest probabilities um 20% on a rate that would be between two and three quarters and three percent, twenty-nine percent on three to three and quarters, twenty-five percent to on three and quarters to three and a half, and twelve and a half percent on three fifty to three seven three point five to three three and three quarters. So that's where we were a month ago. Right? And as you might guess, you're gonna get this this broader diffusion, meaning there's more uncertainty about the rate. The further out we go, you get nothing that looks like this for the meeting next week. It's all on. It's all. Let me let me just flip back, flip back to the most to the to the nearest meeting, um, just for a second. For next week, ninety-seven percent saying it's going to go up fifty basis points, and only three percent betting on a on a rate increase of uh, only twenty-five basis points. Nobody's at zero, as opposed to that, they're all over the map, right? So right now, remember. We said three and three and a quarter. We had sent three to three and a quarter. We had 28.7%. That's actually driven, dropped down to 18.7%. And the, and the expectation on three and a quarter to three and a half has gone from 24 and a half to 20 to 30.2. On the three and a half to three and three quarters from 12 and a half to 26.9. Market expectations are increasing of these rate increases over the last month, but it's only moved up by like one rate hike. In a month, by one rate hike out that far. If you're trying to think about what long-term rates are going to be, it's that more distant probability and the distribution of those probabilities that you have to think about. And there is still next to no action there is no action on the, uh, I shouldn't say no action, there is next to no action on a rate of four and a half to four and three quarters, which I would agree with Ken Rogoff, that would, that would be likely to trip a recession if you get there. The Fed would then have truly stomped on the brakes. There's some uncertainty for me. So, well, let's do it this way. The expectation of what happens on Wednesday when, when Jay Powell comes out from the FOMC meeting is pretty, pretty clear and expressed well. Mohamed El Arian on Bloomberg, on Bloomberg Television uh, yesterday had this to say, cut number seven. We've heard two things this quarter, and thanks for having me on, John. The first thing we've heard is that the supply side remains an issue, whether it's supply chains, whether it is employment cost, it remains an issue. We're also hearing something new, which is that corporations are starting to worry about the demand side. They're starting to worry about demand coming down. So if you think of it, we had a supply disruption, but demand is fine. They're telling us the supply disruption will continue and keep an eye on demand because that's starting to weaken, which when you translate for the economy means stagflation. And what that means for the Fed is the most challenging paradigm for policymaking. That challenge for policymaking is how far can you go? And and the reason, and so 
Al-Aryan is basically articulating that viewpoint that that you can't have demand curb too far or you end up tipping into, in his view, stagflation. I think I don't think it would be stagflation because I don't think inflation is going to get stuck at a rate of 3 to 4% that requires, and not even clear anyone would be willing to pay it, an unemployment rate of like 7 or 8% in order to get this back from 3 and 3, 4% down to 2. So we, we used to call that a sacrifice ratio. How much of one year's unemployment would you be willing to sacrifice to get a 1% change in expected inflation? If inflation expectations got stuck at 3 and the Fed says our target's 2, how much unemployment would they be really willing to pay for that? I used to do estimates on this um, back back in my younger days and back in the 90s. We thought the sacrifice ratio was somewhere in the area of four to five. That They would have been willing to take a recession that would take the unemployment rate from 4% to 8% for one year in order to get 1% expected inflation out of the economy. I don't think they're willing to pay that much, but it's not. It's also not clear to me that it would take that much, in order to do in order to do that. And that's a function of what the Fed's willing to pay. It's also a f- statement on this on what the economy's like. What's the nature of the trade-off that's there? We tend to believe that uh, we tend to believe that uh, I tend to believe that the uh, that if there is such a thing as a Phillips curve, it's very steep. But the Fed is convinced itself over time that that inflation curve that that phillips curve is fairly flat meaning that they have a lot of ability to move the unemployment rate at least in the short run without causing a lot of inflation i think they're getting a lesson right now and we'll see if they understand that lesson but this is this is one of those pieces that we need to put together is is the Fed willing to go that far? And now to that, I have to add one complicating factor, which is what are they going to do with the balance sheet? And I think this is the right cut. I didn't write down which cut he says this in. This is Larry Summers last night on Wall Street Week, and he's try, he's, we're trying to articulate what happens with the balance sheet, and, and he's trying to articulate here. I think this is the right cut, cut number four, please, Daniel. I don't think it's going to have a large independent effect. I think much of the effect that balance sheet moves have had in the past has been because of their signaling impact on monetary policy rather than their uh, direct impact. But it will certainly add to the monetary tightening that we're going to see. People have estimated that it may be the equivalent of one or possibly two. I think one's a bit more likely uh, 25 basis point rate hikes. So if I and that is to me the uh, $64 question. And I I, I actually am going to try to read you uh, uh, later in the show a little bit of research on this. I want to play the rest of summers before I do that. But there's a lot of question about the fact that that. These rate hikes that they're talking about have to be done in conjunction with what the Fed seems to be willing to do, which is to start the balance sheet rebalancing or reductions, or if you wish, quantitative tightening. They're willing to do that at the same time. And so does that make the possibility of recession even more, even make it more likely even if the Fed funds rate was only to go to like a three to three and a half percent 
could we get the, an effectively a, a Fed funds rate more like four and a half because the balance sheet drops from nine trillion back to seven and a half or seven trillion? Um, there are a couple of reasons why I don't believe you're actually going to go anywhere near that far. Certainly not in the next couple of years. Um, and we can talk about those as well. Let's let's take a break right here. We'll be back in a moment. This is the King Banyan Show on the Biz fourteen forty. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-764-2179. 800-764-2179. That's 800-764-2179. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. I think we all know that the real estate market has been a little crazy lately. And if you're looking to get into a new home before interest rates go up, now is the time to do so. I've got a thousand reasons why you should get into that new home and lock in with United Faith Mortgage. Those thousand reasons are put in the form of dollars. United Faith Mortgage will now be paying $1,000 of your closing costs as well as no out-of-pocket funds for appraisal fees. You see, United Faith Mortgage is part of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use their own money to make their own decisions within their own walls. There's no middleman for you. That advantage allows you to often get a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. Faith and family are at their core, and they'll treat you fairly. For more information, visit them online at unitedfaithmortgage.com. That's unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Mortgage Corp, Melville, New York. NMLS number 1330. Ryan Vareka, NMLS number 65233. Yeah, Invergo Hyundai, they have an amazing service staff. Incredible. Hey, I'm Javon from Megan. All in all, um, the entire staff is so friendly. I mean, you have young people to even elders. They really are like like good people. They have really, really good hearts. So Tyler is someone that I would highly recommend. Uh, he'll, he'll remember your name, too. <laughs> I have a Hyundai Sonata 2020. And uh, the services that I've gotten on there is uh, oil changes. We had to switch out the chip maybe once. And I, I probably had a, like a, a check engine light, and I wanted to get it checked on. But they never give me a hassle. They're just like, hey, come in. One thing I love the most about Invergrove Hyundai is any place you go, that if they remember you, then you're significant to them. Even if you don't think you are, they'll make you feel like it, and you'll feel right at home. Invergrove Hyundai's service technicians are ready for you no matter what kind of vehicle you drive. Open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays. Call them today or schedule your appointment online at InvergroveHyundai.com. That's InvergroveHyundai.com. Welcome back, King Daniel Show, The Biz 1440. 651-289-4477, the number to call with questions and comments, thinking about 
what's what the Fed is up to in the complication of trying to do uh, quantitative tightening and what the impact of that's going to be. I actually agree with Summers that it's probably going to be pretty modest. It's just that the size of this decline is going to be potentially much larger. It'll be threatened to be, at least, much larger than it was before. Just to remind people, because we're there are new listeners and I need to be careful to bring them up to speed. Quantitative easing means actions made by the Federal Reserve that directly adds assets to their balance sheet that are that are typically conducted once the Fed is at the lower zero bound at the zero bound for its interest rate. So when the Fed funds rate drops to zero, it gauges in quantitative easing to try to pull back to try to pull back how much is um, to pull back uh, uh, add assets to the system to try to actually encourage people to buy more risky assets. And they'll actually support prices for longer-term treasury securities, mortgage-backed securities. Before the financial crisis of 2008, the Fed had a balance sheet that was less than a trillion dollars. Through the quantitative easing that happened after the great financial crisis, the Fed's balance sheet got eventually to about $4.5 trillion. And then... And then uh, first uh, Yellen and then Powell allowed there to be a period of quantitative tightening, meaning that they were allowing assets to run off the balance sheet to reduce their balance sheet holdings. And they went from four and a half to approximately 3.7, 3.6, somewhere in there. Less than a trillion ran off. And then COVID happened. And the Fed in March of 2020 sim- simply said, "said you know, almost did a Jim Cramer bye 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 of you know we're going to buy everything we can find. We need to get more things onto our balance sheet. We need to we need to increase liquidity in the system. A lot of the reason why that happened was because of an incident that happened in the Fed in 2020 discussed in the." Very last chapter of Christopher Leonard's uh, 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 The Lords of Easy Money, I, which, again, I'm going to recommend to you one more time. I'm still, I have held off on doing a review of the book with you only for the reason that my hope is that I can still land. I'm working on a couple big author interviews. I'm working on him, and I'm working on one other that I won't even name yet. Uh, that if I can land them, I would really love to have them on the show, and we can we can do it then. We are, but in the last chapter, he talks about the fact the Fed got scared that it had a seizure of um, a seizure in in its liquidity markets back in September of 2020, and as a result of that, they believed at that time they did not have enough reserves in the system, and so they were adding more and adding more. The question for me really is, how far would the Fed be willing to go? So when Larry Summers says the amount they're going to go down, we think could be the equivalent of one or two rate increases. I don't think, I don't believe, in fact, that that's actually quite right. Because really what happened was the Fed, 
the the Fed ran the shadow rate, what's called the shadow rate, which is constructed by uh, uh, by uh, two economists named Wu and Xia, um, uh, two economists that were both trained by uh, I think they were both Jim, Jim Hamilton students at UC San Diego. Uh, um, Cynthia Wu is now at the uh, at, at the University of Chicago, and I think Dorcia is at uh, the Atlanta Fed, um, and I think that's right. And um, anyway, the amount of quantitative easing moved that they're able to f- effectively figure out what the negative, the shadow rate was during that period of time when we ran when we did quantitative easing how much did that account for and according to wu and cha they they this this moved us to basically a negative fed funds rate of approximately 2% by the middle of 2021 that's how much they were adding in liquidity to the system to pull down that rate so the impact on markets, in, to my mind, could be a lot greater. It could be a lot greater than what we are going to see from this particular process. The last time the Fed, the last time the Fed did this, at the, it, after QE4 in 2013, 2014, 2015, after the, temp, after the taper tantrum, their shadow rate was around around a negative 2.8% and accelerated back to approximately zero um, approximately zero by November of 2015 and that's in that period when they were pulling out that's in the period where they were beginning to pull out a little bit at a time they stopped QE and they 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 tapered out QE and then only later did they actually start to pull things out, but that was an effective change on the you know of two point eight percent. the The decline this time was two percent, and I kind of wonder, and it's an open question, whether or not Professor Summers is correct that the impact of this is going to be like a one quarter percent Fed funds increase. I think so, but I think so because I don't think they're going to reduce the Fed funds rate by that much because. That liquidity incident that happened in September of 2020, which I'm still reading, I am still reading reports that, you know, reports from investment banks and so forth that where they've got researchers studying that moment because it scared the daylights out of Wall Street. How much dare they take back out from the Fed's balance sheet is really to me sort of the open question. Let me continue here because this is the one last point we need to make about the meeting that's about to happen Tuesday and Wednesday of this week with the Federal Reserve. Let's play cut. This is Larry Summers last night on Wall Street Week, cut number five. I think that in order to reduce inflation, you need to raise neutral, raise real interest rates above their neutral level. If we've got three or four percent inflation and the neutral real interest rate is, as the Fed believes, half a percent, then you're going to have to be up in the four and a half, five range to uh, get inflation uh, meaningfully uh, down. I want you to hear that one more time. So just let's just replay that. Cut number five. 
I think that in order to reduce inflation, you need to raise neutral, raise real interest rates above their neutral level. If we've got three or four percent inflation and the neutral real interest rate is, as the Fed believes, half a percent, then you're going to have to be up in the four and a half, five range to uh, get inflation uh, meaningfully uh, down. So you have to get above the three to four percent inflation. To get to do that, you need the Fed funds rate to be at that. At, you have to take that inflation rate you expect, add on half a percent for the real interest rate. This is very close to what Jim Bullard's argued, except that Jim thinks that the real the the real Fed funds rate should be approximately zero. But it's a little bit of it, again the arguments over a ha- over fifty basis points, um, and then you have to. So if you take that half then you have to get the three and a half to four and a half percent well like i said looking at fmc by mid 2023 the market is not quite there but it's slowly but surely crawling to that number and it's not clear that that's heavily in inflationary but the problem has been that the federal reserve has not actually said anything and has been unwilling, Jay Powell's been unwilling to say anything about the real Fed funds rate. And Summers calls him out on that. Cut number six, please. I think the Fed's making a mistake when it speaks of raising rates above the neutral rate Mm -hmm. and treats that as meaning rates above 2.5%. Why? Because for for that to be above the neutral rate, can only be true if the inflation rate is at already at 2%. For it to be above to for you to get the inflation rate above you have to go above the current expected real interest rate. Not your target rate, but the current expected inflation rate. What is the Fed going to say on Tuesday in terms of what do they think about that that current expected inflation rate. We're going to talk about that in our last segment coming up after this here on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Mr. Garfield. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Unless you've visited our studios, you probably haven't seen how clean they are. But I assure you, you can hear it. Hey, I'm Trevor Kay, checking in on behalf of Forever Cleaning. Tasha and the team at Forever Cleaning are a big part of why we sound so fantastic on air. I mean, have you ever heard a dusty microphone? Not here, you haven't. It sounds something like this. No good, right? But Forever Cleaning's attention to detail goes beyond the studios and this microphone. Our break room is clean and inviting, the office areas are orderly and organized, and the bathrooms, they're always spotless. If you need Forever Cleaning's expert care in your office or store, or you just want to make certain your mic sounds as good as mine, reach out to Tasha and her expert team today at forevercleaning.com. That's the number 4, EVRcleaning.com. Or call 763-807-9817 to schedule your free walkthrough and quote. Remember, Forever Cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. Did you 
know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No, no wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Are you ready for home improvement season? For all your electrical, trust the local pros at Early Bird Electric. Early Bird is known as the troubleshooting experts, and they specialize in old homes, kitchen and bathroom renovations, electric vehicle chargers, rewiring, or just adding outlets for convenience. Early Bird does it all with the best guarantee in the trade. Early Bird even offers same-day and 24-7 emergency service. 612, the bird. Mention AM 1280, the Patriot, and your trip charge is free with repair purchase. 612, the bird. 612, the bird. Hi, everyone. This is Mary Carey from America's number one travel radio show, inviting you to join Robert and me and Rudy each Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel and explore the world together on RM World Travel. Tune in this Sunday evening at 7. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Welcome back. Last segment, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. So I want you to think about this, right? I'm going to let me let me be very, very clear about what we think is the is the uh, this this rate, this real rate that Summers is talking about. It is the rate that that is meant to clear the market for what we term, or at least I term and how I teach macro to my students, I refer to it as the market for loanable funds. And admittedly, people, when people hear that, their ears perk up because they're like, wasn't that in Keynes's general theory? Yes, it was. You also see that terminology in a lot of monetarist tracks, and I use it because, uh, to me, that is the market that I'm thinking about. The market for funds that are to be borrowed and lent in capital markets they are determined not by not by nominal rates but they're determined by the rate you're, you're basically borrowing purchasing power in one period and repaying it in another period and hoping to increase the amount of wealth in the economy between those two times and so if i think about what that what that rate is right now the fed says its long-run goal, its, central, its, its belief that what the interest rate should be is between two, long-run goal for inflation is 2%. So you ask them, what's the median long-run Fed funds rate target? And that currently is at 2.4%. So there's a little bit of a tug-of-war going on between those that believe that that rate, that real rate should be a half percent. That's just the difference between the two and the two and a half. 
two and two and a half versus versus uh, versus those like Bullard who thinks the number's closer to zero. So chances are, if I looked at his dot for for the Fed funds rate long term, he might have it right at two percent. Uh, indeed, if I look at the range, there's nobody below two percent, and I think I do think Jim's on the low end of that side. So he has a has a low real rate and a high inflation expectation. His inflation, I think, his inflation expectation right now is probably running around three and a half percent, and only getting the three percent in 2024. If I look at that PCE number and I want to say where should that where should that be? The Fed funds rate needs to be where I think inflation is going to be next year. Okay, plus let's say half a percent or quarter percent doesn't matter. Where does the Fed believe currently PCE inflation is going to be next year? Two point seven percent. Right, that's the median from the March uh, summary of economic projections and. I should note, will there be no SEP? They only do them every other quarter, so they did it in the last. They, they only do them once a quarter, so they've already done their March projection. There's no statement on that in May, so when Powell does the press conference, there's not going to be a discussion of dot plots because this isn't the meeting where the dots happen. Um, so, but there's going to be questions. I have to think. I particularly given after hearing Summers, I hope somebody. Hopefully, uh, someone from Bloomberg, like a Michael McKee, who you hear here on the Biz fourteen forty uh, uh, during the week during the weekdays, um, typically in the morning. I think you will hear someone like McKee ask, "What is your perception of what the real rate is?" They've tried to pin him down, Powell down on this a couple times, and he's he dodges his question and i i hope he's a little more clear at this meeting because right now the 2022 path says fed funds rate expectation expectation the median is 1.9 percent with an inflation rate of 4.3 percent meaning that the real rate is expected to be and even if i take the core number the real rate is expected to be a negative 2.2 percent at the end of 2022 that makes no sense to me. You at least have to get the Fed funds rate to where you think it's going to be, if not in the next six months, and not then certainly in the next 12 months. And if you think at the end of 2023 you're going to have a real, you're going to have inflation at 2.7%, as their own projections say, how can you not tell me that the Fed funds rate is going to go to about 3%? In the very near future, and yet, if I go to look at look at the expectation now, I'm going to go I'm going to go backwards and go to December 14th meeting. Okay, we're right at 50 uh, percent expectation for for a Fed funds rate between two and three quarters and three percent. Again, meaning that you will still have at the end of 2022 a negative real rate. We. Summers is correct on this. You at least have to get the the Fed funds rate fairly quickly to the rate at which you think the inflation rate's going to be. When are there temporary factors going on? Is Ukraine causing us some issues? Is Shanghai causing us some issues? Yeah, they are. 
But you're the one that wrote down that median expectation. You think the inflation rate next year is going to be between two, between two and a quarter and three percent. You have to say that the inflation, the the interest rate is going to get above your expectation. You have an inflation rate that you believe at the end of 2022 is going to be between 4.1 and 4.7 percent. That's the central tendency of that. Okay, that's that takes the three highest, the three lowest, throws it out, and averages the other eight, nine members of FOMC, because I know there are vacancies. Um, You have to get to somewhere in that number. And so if I don't hear that from him this week, I agree with Summers. I have to hear you say, I'm going to move the, we're going to move to get the Fed funds rate at least to where the inflation rate, where we think the inflation rate's going to be at the end of the year and we're going to give you a credible path of how we're going to get there so they have to do 50 this time and they have to signal reliably that more 50s are on are are on course for the remainder of this year because they don't have time to dilly-dally with 25 percent rate increases and and i think he set this up but it'll be very interesting to hear and listen for these words in the in the fomc press conference on Wednesday. I'm going to be searching the text for real rate. If he says real rate at least once, and if he says it two or three times, then he's heard the message. And who knows? Maybe the maybe the Fed will get something right. I don't usually bet on that, but you know what you can bet on? Next week is Job Saturday, and I'm going to be here with you. We're going to go through that whole report and the press conference. It's going to be a, a packed time here on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Christy of Woodbury says, from the first phone call, everyone was very responsive, professional, and friendly. Thank you for making the repair so easy. Experience Great Garage Doors same-day service at 763-767-3000. That's 763-767-3000. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. That's 800-824-3853. 824-3853. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. 
As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all. The few, the proud, the Marines. Hi, I'm Ben Hageman. I own American Pressure with my brother. Being family-owned and operated has allowed us to be very nimble and plan for demand and growth. Yes, we have machines and accessories on the shelf, with more arriving every day. We focus on delivering value by offering a full range of pressure washers and steam cleaners, and we are looking forward to taking care of our customers for years to come. Give us a call at 763-521-4442. American There's a ton to explore at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, like the biggest savings around at our half-off deals tab. Click on programs to see your daily lineup, win prizes at the VIP fan club, catch up on your favorite podcasts, and there's bulls. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.